Welcome to the Conscious Conversations podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Nick Paladino King. And I'm Nitin Gerg. We are transformational coaches and yogis from the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a podcast for people looking to take their lives to the next level. Through these conversations, we aim to raise the consciousness of our lives, the lives of our listeners, and the wholeness. So get ready to join us on this great adventure of life by taking a moment to settle in, become fully present in this moment, and see where the journey takes you next. Hey everyone, really excited to share this episode with you. Uh, as Nick would describe it, you're about to witness a fire of an episode, everything from how to manage stress, how to really be in the moment, taking the time to celebrate ourselves. And, and Billy, our, our guest today, you know, who, who really lives this concept of living from the end, not thinking about the end, not necessarily even thinking about goals, but bringing the end into the now. And you'll even get to see me have a really emotional response to today's episode and some of the practices we do. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And as we get real, we, this is the realest episode we've done. Uh, so I would say, put your seatbelt on, put your mouthpiece in and uh, get ready for a wild ride as we jump in with Billy Mandarino. Boom. All right. Okay. Let's do it. All right, guys. Welcome in. I'm your host, Nick Paladino King with uh, my co-host here, Nissan Garg. Today, we're interviewing Billy Mandarino. He's known as the Nowest author, speaker, and overall awesome human being. So, uh, Billy, you want to take a moment, kind of introduce yourself to us, to, the, to our audience, and then uh, we'll kind of get it going from there. Sound good? Yes. Thank you, Nit. Thank you, Nitin. It's my honor to be here of service to whoever is listening, especially to you two fine souls, because this is your intention. I appreciate you even reaching out to me because the universe has plans that we don't know about. Usually you just have to be open and I'm, I'm always open to say yes. And I find the more I say yes, better things happen. People get so closed off, I guess, from worrying about what has happened from the past or what might happen in the future. And it takes you out of your present moment, takes you out of these opportunities. So thank you. I've been blessed to be on a lot of podcasts, but I'm feeling so good about this one because of you two fine souls. You know, I was on one recently and I had this inspiration kind of came through me that, you know, when you have a fire and there's two logs in the fire, when those two logs come together, there's a, it creates more heat, it creates more light, it creates more abundant flames. And I feel like we got three logs today on the fire. So I can't even imagine the kind of heat that we're going to generate, the kind of higher vibrational energy that we're going to bring into the ears and the eyes of your audience today. And but I guess what's on my heart is I've been studying A Course in Miracles with uh, Marianne Williamson. She has this daily, do you know Marianne Williamson? You probably do. She's, she wrote a book called The Return to Love. She's amazing. But today the lesson was from um, the scripture and it talked about being light. I am light. And I am light is also one of the uh, prayers from the Nowest Meditation, which is a one minute meditation that came through me when I wrote the book. And it's a meditation that I teach. It's a little bit involved, but it only takes one minute once you learn it. But I am light is such a powerful concept about being the light for the world. And that's how um, I think we impact other people, just being a light for them, being shining conscious presence into them, shining our high vibration into people. And I think some people get too focused on the darkness, things that have happened in their life, their past, their future their mind gets them out of the present moment and they lose that bright light that they are if they would just open up to what is coming through them in the moment to serve people, whether, whether it's emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, but just being light for the world, especially what's going on right now with the world, everything happening in Russia and just coming out of a two-year global pandemic. I just think being light for everybody is, is an important theme, I guess, to maybe start with today. Yeah, great. Um, do you want, you want to lead us through that meditation and get us primed and get our listeners also primed to get in a more present state? I will tell you the four prayers. Um, I have a, a live seminar coming up in May, May 13th and 14th, where it's a two-day full seminar where we go deep into this meditation. I'll, I'll give you the four prayers, but there's a, a, a motion that goes through the prayers. It's kind of like encircling the world. But the four prayers are this. I am that I am the conquering presence in the now. 
I have nothing to do, only to be done. I am altogether God, and God is altogether me. I am the light of the world. And those four meditation uh, prayers in this meditation, they take about one minute. And when I find myself completely detached from this physical world and hovering above the planet, hovering three miles above the planet, while I say that meditation, I get out of the gravity of this physical world, out of the gravity of our mindset, of, of the conscious awareness that pulls us into this physical time. It helps me live in the present moment. And I do it consistently throughout the day. Sometimes I do it as a divergent meditation where I'm just kind of opened eye or a convergent meditation where my eyes are closed. But learning that prayer, and you can go to billymandarino.com. I have a YouTube channel on social media, and I teach that through a series of free videos. They just click on my YouTube channel. But when you can learn the depth of that prayer, it's so simple. It takes one minute. But the deeper teaching to really understand, I guess, how it connects to your heart center and to your, your spirit takes a little deeper work. I just wanted to share the four prayers with you to give you an introduction to it. But that prayer has changed my life, truly. That sent uh, that sent some shivers up my spine as I heard you just walk us through it. That was that was really deep and uh, energizing. Yeah, it has that power because we are in the oneness, I believe. And when I vibrated a certain range and you are feeling that vibration, we're in that oneness and that unity consciousness. There's no duality. And that's where I, I just try to live. I mean, it's part of the teaching when I go out to uh, middle schools and high schools, I, I give them really simple context and concepts to live in the present moment. And so Nick, what is N-O-W spelled backwards? One. Exactly. When you're in the now, <laughs> you've won, right? It's an anagram. When you're mm -hmm. in the now, you've won. So it's a very simple idea when you look at the word and you think of the now, but, but you win your presence back. You win your power over time. And so when I speak to the, young, the youth of this world, when I go out to uh, certain talks or I do Zoom conferences with little groups of uh, 30 to 40 students, I give them that concept and it's a simple thing for them to grab onto, but let go of it at the same time where you're in the now, you've won. What have you won? You've won your presence back because your awareness is the key. Your, your conscious awareness that you're out of presence or you're in stress is step one. And most people miss that. They just think, oh my gosh, it's so hard to get out of stress right now. And because your thoughts are going, that monkey mind is just swinging from branch to branch. And simple concepts like that help people find the presence uh, in the moment easily. And Billy, so, you know, as, as you're describing that, it, it rings so true for us. Of course, we kind of live and breathe and try to practice this all day, every day. You know, one thought that's going through my head is, you know, for our listeners, oftentimes they're being told to be in the now or they hear about this teaching. Can you kind of help us break it down in terms, like, why is it important to be in the now? You know, why are we maybe not serving ourselves by being in our heads? Otherwise, by getting carried away with our thoughts, etc. Yeah, that's a great question, Nitin, because stress is, I don't know if you, if you, I mean, I know you're both very conscious, present individuals, and you've sensed the, uh, the Gaia, the earth energy, correct? The, the energy of the earth. There's a lot of natural disasters, volcanoes, things happening, tornadoes. I believe it's because the Gaia has so much stress in it. The earth spirit, the Gaia of this energy field of this earth, there's so much negativity and so much stress that's built up over conscious, you know, the snowball of, of negative energy in this negative conscious state. It seems to, the mother, mother earth seems to be just kind of pushing back a little bit, if you will. And when I think of that collective consciousness, I think of how it's affecting the number one killer in the world, which is heart disease. Cancer is number two, hospitalization is number three. Well, the number one killer, which is heart disease is largely related to stress, heart attacks, obesity, addictive behaviors, they all come from stress. And I learned from the wonderful Dr. Wayne Dyer that there's no such thing as stress there's only people thinking stressful thoughts. And he further says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So I feel like my mission is to help people understand that stress is this illusion. It doesn't exist. You can't, I can't fill my glass up with stress and say, this is the thing that's killing the majority of the world because stress is just a thought. There's no such thing as stress, but people have these stressful thoughts, which make them think that this is power over them. And this power shows up in all these different, it manifests in all these different physical apparatuses in the body and creates physical conditions, but it's really just a, an erroneous thought. 
and simple things like now one or, or simple meditations or getting you into the present moment. But the most important thing is to be aware, like I was saying a little earlier, awareness is step one that you're in stress. Most people don't even know they're in stress because they're in a habit, in a habitual way of living. Well, I've got to pay the bills. I got to get up and take the kids to school. I've got to do this. I got to, you know, I've got these emails. So I got these appointments. They're in linear time so consistently. They don't have the awareness to know they're in stress because their habitual life is constantly on that hamster wheel and taking them into a negative pattern. And it's these rituals that I think are harming the world so, so intensively because the Gaia of the planet, the collective energy, the collective consciousness is, is so heavy right now. But we're coming out of the pandemic. Unfortunately, we're going right into a, a potential war, it seems. So the world hasn't had a chance to breathe because they allow themselves through their ritualistic and habitual way of life, watching the news consistently, God forbid, going to bed with the news on, letting your subconscious mind seep into all that negative programming. Instead of being in the moment, getting aware that you're in stress, finding the way out of stress through a radical shift in your habits. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good, so much good stuff here. And I'm kind of wondering, I guess, maybe this is the first thing, um, shouldn't be thinking, is is where do we take this conversation from here? And and I and I think one thing I don't think that gets talked about enough is we somewhat like to Nitin's point, someone might say, hey, don't be stressed, right? And I don't know about you guys, I've learned as the longer I've been a teacher that I can't say that to someone, it's not fair. It's, it's not fair for me to say, hey, you need to be more mindful or, hey, you need to stop being stressed. Like if I tell my wife that, you know, she tells me to shut up and, and that's <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah. And I think as, as teachers and leaders, it's more so I think our responsibility to tell someone how to do it. Right. And it's like stress management is great, but I, I don't know about you guys where I'm more interested is stress prevention. Right. So how do we even prevent stress from happening? And Billy, I think it starts with your first piece of awareness. Like I can't change a habit until I'm aware I have a habit. And then once I have a habit, well, then that's great. But this is for, for me where I think mindfulness doesn't get the job done. Like where the word mindfulness leaves things left to be, to be done because just because I'm aware of the habit, well, that doesn't mean I do anything about it, right? Now I'm just going, well, now I have awareness. Now I realize I'm a jerk or now I realize I'm stressed or now I realize I'm doing this. And that can be really heavy. And the, the next piece would be, at least in one of my framework, frameworks would be, now let's go through some choices you know, can I accept this? Can I change this? Should I leave, you know, or do I want, or do I want to continue to can continue to resist this? At least in that sense, now I'm, I'm in, a, in an empowered state. And then from there, okay, now I need to take some action. And what is that action? And then I'm a firm believer that it's whatever's right in the present moment. Is it to have a conversation? Is it to get a massage? Is it to drink a glass of wine and relax? But I think empowering ourselves and each other to build awareness, develop some kind of framework, whether it's one of ours, whether it's something they read, and then from there, feel empowered to take action. Um, those are the steps I, that I'm super interested in. I don't know what you guys think about that. Is there a different approach? Is there something maybe you think I'm missing? Or what would you guys add into this piece of like awareness, choice, action, transformation? What do you feel, Nitin? What is your take on it? That's right on point, Nick. I, I totally agree with you. You just kind of parroted exactly what we were talking about. It was perfectly summed up, like a great coach would. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for asking, Billy. S stress is something that it's it's always happening, right? Like, I mean, I think there, there are circumstances around us. Things are changing, whether it's like, you know, some days for me, I notice it's like, crazy filled schedules, back to back in meetings, switching context on topics from every 30 minute meeting. And that just sometimes that can cause a layer of maybe just like mental, um, you know, sort of what we say, like the beginnings of burnout, but not quite, you know, a, a very stark level of burnout. And then other times stress can be caused, what I feel it com can come from, at least from myself, what I've experienced personally in the form of anxiety, which is I'm perhaps working on something or towards something, and there's just so many unknowns. Um, and I keep, you know, being a product manager, uh, there's often, that's part of the job there, you know, we're often dealing with unknowns. In fact, uh, risk management or, uh, addressing unknowns in the journey of building product for customers is like one of the key th reasons we get paid to do what we do. 
<laughs> and so as a product manager, I often find, okay, I try to recognize what is it that's stressing me? Is it a conversation or is it a topic or is it the unknown about a topic? And then I say, okay, well, if it's the unknown, especially in the case of the unknown, I've been able to find a path forward, which is, okay, if it's the unknown, what can I make known here? What can I, how can I bring more certainty to this situation? I may not know the whole answer, but is there a piece of the puzzle that I can start to gather? And then what's the next piece? And then what's the next piece after that? And I find that as I'm I go to interrupt that you. journey, can I ask you a quick question? I'm yeah. so sorry. Keep your stream of consciousness. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you touched on a topic that I love so much, which is the unknown. And I believe the unknown is where the growth is. How do you niche and deal with that unknown? Is it uncomfortable to you? Are you afraid of it? For me, I'm just, I don't know, just a masochist. I love the unknown. I love to grow. I think yeah. it's growth. How is it for you, Nitin, speaking on the unknown? Because I love that you're on that stream of consciousness right now. I, I used to be scared to the core of the unknown, you know, ambiguity, uh, not having the answer, being in an executive meeting and thinking or walking in thinking, oh, I might get asked something that I don't know. You know, I think over time, I've kind of learned to how to manage those situations, you know, how to be able to say confidently, like, great question. We don't know the answer to that, or this is the best that we know. And, you know, we can go deeper here to find, find the right answer. But I find if I try to break, if I try to once, you know, like I think the, the framework that Nick was using, which is once you bring awareness of what is it that's causing you stress and then break it down to now what might I, what might I do about it? Is there a small piece here that I can address which can incrementally start to make the situation better? That's at least how I've personally managed it. Very tactically, very kind of um, methodically, right? You have a, you have a framework to get out, to get some certainty in the unknown. Because the unknown is scary for everybody, obviously, right? We don't, we shrink in the unknown because fear makes us kind of constrict and collapse. And reality is, it's like, you need to find the unknown and expand because the soul just wants immensity. It wants space, it wants to expand. So I've found when I get freaked out, scared, worried, terrified, I just try to allow my awareness to expand as, as large as I can make it in that shrinking moment, if you will. And that's every time I've done that, I've found that I've had this breakthrough, this next level. I mean, I love Rumi. You know, of course, you know, Rumi's great poetry. He says, when you were born, a ladder was placed before you to escape this world. And I feel like when you push through your, your fears and you go to the unknown, you go up another rung. You, you gain another level of a higher awareness, a higher. So I think he's talking about living in ascended master training living at higher levels of awareness. And I think the unknown, because we automatically intuitively shrink from it, but you really need to expand so you can grow and not let this stacking effect happen where you're from your past, from your childhood traumas, just keeps coming into your presence. And then your past, you know, is a replica, your future is a replica of your past. And you just, you never really go up those rungs. You're always hanging on to the same one, if that makes any sense. It, it makes a ton of sense. And actually, as you were talking about that, there was like a memory from a previous point in life that was just coming back to me. I, I was remembering my college days when, you know, I, there was something in me that was always asking the question of just like, what is all this? Like, we're born here, we're on earth. I'm in a certain family. I now am in, I used to be, live in India. My parents moved to the States. Now I'm in the States. I'm adapting to life here. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we all ask that question for sure. <laughs> So what and am I doing so here? I started, what is this about? <laughs> I started trying to answer that question and I was like, okay, well, you know, philosophy, maybe these philosophers, they've sort of dwelled into some of these questions. Let me start to study that stuff. So took a couple of classes, eventually became turned into a philosophy minor. It's never left me since. And even back then, funny enough, there was a feeling in the back of my mind that said, someday my minor is going to become my major. It was just like this intuitive voice. Mm. Even back then, I was a business finance major, nothing close to philosophy, although sometimes we like to philosophize about finances, probably <laughs> different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was like, there was this sort of like, you know, inner voice that was like, that just wouldn't let go of me asking these questions. And it it's, goes directly to what you were saying around, you know, Rumi and, you know, there's a ladder. Are we asking the question to go towards that ladder to start to lean into the unknown? Because 
that was completely an unknown for me. I was like, where do I even begin trying to answer this question? Was the question Nitin, who am I or why am I here? Was that kind of the question you're asking yourself? It was just more of just like, what is all this? Like what, you know, like we're here, we're, we're born, we go through all these life experiences. What's the purpose, right, of your existence? Yeah, yeah. what's the purpose? This embodiment. So anyways. Uh, Billy, do you have any familiarity with the word bichara? Is that, does that mm -hmm. ring a bell with you at all? doesn't know no bichar is the sanskrit word and you in essence just just i always love that we we don't know what we know right yeah right uh, so vichar is the is the yogic practice of self-inquiry and the, there's four questions who am i why am i here the two you just said and the other two are what do i want and then the last one is why don't i have it and oh, these that. are these questions for me trans have transformed my life and actually interesting enough to kind of bring it back to the i am light the first time I was in a training with my teacher, Jean, and she said, who are you? I go, what do you mean? Who, what do you mean who the fuck am I? I'm Nick. Like, what kind of, <laughs> like, what kind of, right? My personality is going like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is so weird. And after being in that training and doing different practices, then, then one day the answer came, who am I? And it was, I am light. Ah. And it, and it caused a major, major, major freak out in my personality because I went from, I'm Nick, I'm this, you know, defined being who does these things and lives this way to, I am light, which was an ascension up that ladder up into a new rung of here's this new stratosphere. Well, in this game, I don't know how to be in the world. I don't know how to behave. I don't know how to live. And that's of course my personality freaking out. But so interesting that you just brought in that question of who am I? Why am I here? Um, and for all of us to start to ask that question, like, and to bring it back to stress, I know when I started to feel my presence or more so my purpose in the world, stress stopped being so important. Like it was like, okay, I don't have to go to work. Like I get to go to work. You know, I don't have to get out of bed. Like I want to get out of bed. And it seems like as I got clear on these answers of who am I, you know, now it's shifted to something even above that. I am light. It's something in another realm. It's like, well, I get up because I get to, and this is what I'm here to do in this present moment. And it feels more like now I have a spotter, you know, oh. kind of pushing me rather than me pulling myself out of bed. It's like, here's this thing. And then when I find things like traffic or bills or arguments, it's like, well, those things actually aren't that big of a deal. They're just, they're just part of my day. Part, they're challenges to help me grow, to help me serve my purpose. And I think if we can get ourselves to a deeper why, a deeper answer to who am I? Why am I here? Then these things in the superficial world don't have as much pressure on us. They, they have, a, they begin to have a lightness to them, even though, you know, we're in matter, things are heavy, but it's like, well, from non-duality, it's all perfect. And traffic is perfect. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be, obviously, or I wouldn't be in this moment. So how in this moment can I be light within traffic? Right. I mean, I, as a, we're all meditators, it's like, you get to meditate, what, 30 minutes, an hour a day, maybe? That means there's there's 23 hours a day where we're not meditating. Like, that's why it's called a practice. And the game time is is here. And how present can we be while the world's pushing back on us? And really, what I'm hearing is, as we're trying to expand, there's a pressure, which is stress, which is worldly, pushing in. And it's pretty negative. It's probably, what, 80 90% negative in, our, in this reality. And as we're trying to expand out, I, I felt, I don't know about you guys, that there's a, there's a kind of an ebb and flow. I, I expand and then the pressure gets to me and maybe I freak myself out and I start making more money than I'm used to, or I start having higher thoughts than I'm used to. And then that compresses me down. And then my personality relaxes, I take a deep breath. And then I'm able to then kind of expand out again. And then it's like almost like this expansion contraction breathing, right? just, like breathing. Yeah, it's the micro macro it's the same exact thing it's just as you know we are the universe like so hum hum sa i am that the way your your meditation started and it's like oh i'm expanding oh my personality is contracting expanding i'm contracting so i love that you know you brought in the vichara who am i why am i here um that was a rant but i feel like i covered a lot of the stuff we're on no, where you, do you, where do you, you i mean where are we going from here but that was you did awesome. That was amazing, uh, Nick. Try to, because try to pick pieces. Put them well, together, what's but. great about as we we talked a little bit about the unknown being where the growth is, right? And it sounds mm -hmm. like you, through that breathing uh, apparatus that you just kind of eloquently described, 
it was you were pushing into the unknown and it sounds like yes. by doing that because you said what who the fuck am i like i'm an ego yeah. you're an ego yeah. nick and then the 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 ego which i love dr wayne dyer i love plugging him because he had an acronym ego e-g-o edging god out so mm -hmm. you were getting out of your ego and that the unknown was so scary to you like what is this light like i don't it's unfamiliar but you pushed mm -hmm. through it so you went up another rung and it was easy wasn't it once you were there you're like okay what's next i'm sure right like I've, I've yeah. expanded. I've gone to a different realm. Yeah. People are afraid of that unknown. You got to get comfortable with the unknown. You, you got to figure out in your life how to get comfortable with the unknown. Comfort is a is a dangerous thing to get addicted to. It's once we have comfort, it's hard to release it. Look, I'm hearing a lot of fear coming in too around the unknown. And and one of my teachers, Dennis, says that what we're afraid of is that we can't pull it off. So like Nitin, when I heard you kind of talking about well, I'm in this project and there's an unknown. What I'm hearing you really say is like, can we pull this off? Can we do this? And I think that's where that compression comes in. So as I'm saying, oh, and now I'm light, my personality is going, we can't pull this off. We can't walk around shining our light. We can't walk around as a conscious being. What are people going to think? How are people going to respond? So I think it's this fear that we can't pull off what we've set out to do. And I mean, I think most people, if they check, they've pulled off a lot in their life. Like, Oh yeah. They pulled off so much, but we don't, we don't take time to acknowledge ourselves. So I think this fear piece is the constriction of, I'm afraid I can't pull it off, but there's nothing to fear because whatever happens is perfect. You're going to learn and grow. And even if you achieve it, you're going to move to another rung. I mean, that's what conscious beings do. They don't stop growing. They don't stop learning. It's all, it's all growth. It's all perfect. Hey, Nick and, and Nitin, when's the last time you guys celebrated you? Like when's the last time Nitin that you like just celebrated you, not in an egoic way, but in like, wow, I'm freaking awesome, man. I, you know, like not, not in the, where you're, you're hubris, you're like full of it. Like I'm awesome. And you fully went in all in with yourself. We, I just celebrated you. When's the last time you did that? And then Nick, same question for you. I do. Uh, I, I made this a, a practice about a year ago, you know, when I, I started doing some self-paced trainings and I learned this through another uh, teacher which was to acknowledge your milestones. You know, sometimes we wait till like that perfect end of having achieved some level of success, maybe a promotion or whatever, you know, that you're working towards for years. And I learned from a teacher to say, you, you can celebrate yourself anytime you want. There's no need to, for you mm -hmm. to wait to celebrate life or be happy in life or create joy in life. Sure, you can tie it to a milestone, but why deprive yourself for a year or two waiting for something that may or may not be in your control? So I started doing this on my own, which was like, you know, I was, I was doing some training and learning some new skills. And I would, after every section of that training, I would mark down half a day or a day and like go for a hike or enjoy a nice lunch with my wife. And that was, I started building those celebrations. And, and actually it just brings a whole different, quality of life uh to your day-to-day -day when it's when your celebrations and your joy isn't tied to some like far out milestone some outcome right it's detaching yeah. from the outcome that's that's one thing i've really studied is thinking from the end instead of about the end like i don't believe in goal setting i don't set goals anymore i just literally believe in thinking from the end and from the end only happens here and now so in this moment i celebrate right i i would think from the end, meaning it's happening now. I've already celebrated. I'm already done. It's like it's done. There's nothing to do, as the the Nowest meditation prayer says. Nothing. You're, there's nothing to do. You're only being done, as Lao Tzu said in the Tao Te Ching. You're not doing anything. You're just being done. So celebrating yourself in that end. We get so focused on getting to that end to win and ring the bell and say we won. You know, if you can just learn, like you just said, be in this moment consistently. But when you shine your light on yourself, you have more light to share. With other people and i think that's what so many of us miss what about for you nick how when's the last time you celebrated nick well i, I love that piece you just said like shine your light on yourself rather than shine your light outward i think we really get hung up on that but for me every day i end my meditation with i love you so mm -hmm. that's that's built into my work of i love you or i say we love you and i'm referring to god and god loves me and, and i am god but so i build that in every day um it's funny, actually, I think a good, good point is, so something I'll teach the coaches that I train is that after you bring on a new client to celebrate your wins, right? And 
think two years ago, I, uh, my brother and I expanded our, our personal training space in San Francisco and we, we opened a, like a second location. And this is, this is in line with your question. And one of my students said to me, she goes, did you celebrate? And I looked at her and I said, no, I didn't. And it was this great reflection of, holy shit, like I'm not walking the walk. Like I did this thing that I was so outside of my comfort zone, was so hard to pull off. And then we got there and it was like, oh, well, yeah, should have done that. I mean, probably, you know, you could have done it six months ago. And these, these are the real narratives, right? Of a, Especially of an overachiever of like, and to have one of my students go, hey, did you pat yourself on the back? Like, did you take a minute to acknowledge your, and validate yourself for your effort? And it was like, no, I didn't. So as a result, went out with my brother and we, we got a huge steak dinner. But those are the little things, but I love your question. I'm like, I don't do it enough. And even though I teach it, I teach it all the time. Honor yourself, validate yourself, celebrate your wins. But how often do I shine my own light on myself? Fuck, man. I know we're not trained to do I mean, that. I mean, not enough, not enough. Like I can tell you that in this moment, that's what I'm feeling. Not enough at all. Thank you. For what, that. If, what if we did that? What if this conversation, you know, people that are listening, watching, the, the, that's the one thing they took away from this, you know, podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way, guys, thank you so much. I think this is amazing. I love having, I've never been on a podcast where it was just like a conversation so real and just hmm. we're letting it come through us. It's so, and all the great stuff's coming through so people can be served. But what if the big takeaway was I'm going to celebrate, I'm listening to these guys talking. I'm going to focus. I'm getting the chills talking about it because it's so real. I'm connecting so much to the higher good. What if people focus on celebrating themselves? You know, it sounds corny. You've heard a hundred times that you put the oxygen mask when the plane's going yeah. down on yourself, right? We've all know that instead of the other person. What if we did that with like upregulating the, the, the serotonin, the dopamine, the feelings of a win, right? That's higher. And we just turned it in on ourselves. Then we'd have more light to shine on other people. We'd have more energy to serve other people because that's what the work we're both, we're all in, we're in work of, the work is service, right? Ultimately, yeah, at the end absolutely. of the day, what are we doing? We're coming from love and service. Because that shine, that light that we're shining on other people comes back to us by virtue of the law of attraction, by the virtue of the law of identical harvest. But I would love that if this just became this ubiquitous term. Like you've heard it, other people talked about, like celebrate yourself, celebrate your wins. Yeah. But nobody does it. I mean, Brenda Burchard, who's a, a gentleman I, I studied with for a year, great guy. He has this quote I love common practice, you know, common knowledge is not common practice. Common knowledge is not common practice. And I tie that around this piece about celebrating yourself. Why don't you make that a common practice in your life and watch how your life changes? And we, you know, actually we talked about uh, the power of scheduling in our last episode. And, and frankly, if it wasn't for scheduling, celebrating those wins for myself, it wouldn't happen. So the discipline that I know, like, for example, Nick, when you were talking about it, right? Like, hey, we know it instinctively, instinctively that we should do this. We should take that time out for ourselves, but life just fills up, you know, 10 things are knocking at your door, your schedule's blocked, getting filled up. And you're like, oh, when do I do this? And I've found seriously, whether it's with my team members, uh, you know, I had someone in my team who was on a rotation recently, moved on to her next one, a month prior to her departure date, blocked out a whole day, uh, at least half a day. And like, go for a hike, uh, have a nice team lunch together. If that hadn't happened, the whole thing would have been taken over. Uh, and you know, she'd just be gone. We'd, we'd get no chance to celebrate. And instead what happened was such a powerful, amazing conversation. And, you know, a moment of team celebration on what we all had done together for the last six months and same thing for myself. So learning to prioritize ourselves and then scheduling it in to your calendar to show that you have actually prioritized yourself. And it's real, right? Then it's real. Well, there's, so we did something, Nitin and I were in a men's group uh, last year and we did something which was pretty radical in the moment. We had every guy in the group and we were on Zoom. We had every guy in the group take, take their shirts off, right? <laughs> and it was, I was glad it was a men's group, right? I don't know how, how this would go with our, with our women's group, but with the men's group, it's like, <laughs> and we all took our shirts off. So we got ourselves in a vulnerable state, right? And, and then we took a turn and each man in the group stood up. So there was 10 guys in the, in the virtual room and Nitin would stand up with his shirt off. And then each guy took a turn and told Nitin what they saw in him and like, and what, and the beauty they saw in him and the, the power they saw in him. And I'm actually getting the chills, Billy, just like you were saying right now, 
remembering how that felt to be vulnerable, to literally take our armor off and then let the words of people that know us and love us, let those words land, you know, and, and everything that people said was, was so powerful and so amazing. You could see each person, each guy feel acknowledged and validated and really start to shine. And it was such an amazing experience. So that's something I think people could take, you know, it's, it's a powerful move is, is sit with someone. And if you know, and if you, I, if you're with a team, nothing you could do with your team is everyone writes their name on a piece of paper, right? And then in the center is your name. And then you pass the paper to the left. And then Billy writes one word about you that he loves about you. And then Billy passes your paper to me. And then I write a word that I love about you. And then I pass it over to Billy. And then by the end, you should have, you know, five or 10 words that describe you. That's a really, really cool, powerful technique. Um, you guys, you guys down to do a little, a little technique here with our physiology. That Let's people go. Take? I love what you just shared. I'm, I'm, you guys make sure you send me this link. Cause I want to send it out to all, all the people cool. who follow the nowest. And I, cause I love that. I think everybody should do that. Yeah. So, so, so Billy, you were talking about how we can use serotonin and dopamine, right. In order to feel these wins. So let's, let's do that. Let's, I'll put us through just a, you know, one minute thing. We'll jump into the future. Actually, we're going to jump into the past. We're going to actually go, we're going to go in the past. We're going to pull a feeling from there into the present moment and see, see how it makes us feel. So uh, for those of you listening in, if you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> if you're at home, wait till you get home. So uh, here's what we're going to do guys is go ahead and if you want to stand up, you can, but I want everyone to look up towards the ceiling, okay? And as you look up, take a moment here and feel, feel how looking up instantly may have changed your, your feeling. Notice, do you feel more positive? Do you feel happier? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel brighter? Okay, and take a couple deep breaths into your chest. And now as you do that, bring your arms up to the ceiling. So like you just won a race or you're victorious or you just graduated. And now what I want you to do is actually bring your mind back into a moment in the past when you won or a moment when you felt the highest that you've ever been or the, the most accomplished. Maybe your child was born. Maybe you graduated. Maybe you got married. So everyone lock in that emotion or that feeling, lock in that feeling. Okay, now what I want you to do is take that image of that time that you won, and now I want you to double it. So start to really bring it into this moment. So whatever it is, bring it in, now double that feeling. Start to breathe into it. Continue to look up. And now I want you to double that feeling again of that, that time that you won, that time you felt prosperous, the time you felt amazing. Now bring it in, inhale in, look up. And now bring that all into your present moment, into your heart. And then take a moment and notice how you feel. Notice what's shifted. Notice what's different. Notice what's changed. All right. Cool. I got hair on my arms. Uh, Billy, what do you got? What, what came up? If you're willing to share, what do you feel? What do you notice? Wow, Nick, that was powerful, brother. That was right on point. So instantly, like you said, uh, you think of your daughter, you think of your uh -huh. wife, you think of, but that's not what, I mean, they are my life. They are my heart. She's my wife's my soulmate. The daughter's the greatest light in the world that I've ever known other than, you know, God, I guess you might say, because we have one daughter, but what came through me was last year about this time. I mean, I have my, I talked about my event earlier, the Nowest Experience Live, which we have May 13th and 14th here in Santa Barbara. So we did our first two-day live event last year. And I don't know, you guys are, I know, Nick, you're in California. Nitin, are you in California? Yes. Remember the state was locked down last year for like mm -hmm. for three, I mean, it was for most of the year, right? We had all these lockdowns and we had 50 people coming to a live event and it was shut down. Three weeks before the event, it we, we, we opened up and so I could have the event. So at the end of that two-day event, I remember just overwhelming emotion of, just contentment and service and feeling like I lived my Dharma and this room, every that we, the coherent energy in the world talk about Nick doubling and tripling and quadrupling and upregulating that energy. It was when the people that walked into that room were not the same people that walked out. I mean, mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra has proven it. Science proves it. the cells in your body, they, they changed. So when I was upregulating that last day, the big finale, 
my band sang, we sang the final song. Everybody was, we had light sticks. It was like crazy. It was like a rave disco, insane club, nightclub. And everybody was so high on each other. So high on what we had all created in this coherent energy field that I just took it in. And I just, like you said, Nick, I was tripling up and I almost like, mm -hmm. I felt like I was exploding with joy. It was so intense. Thank you for that. Yeah, cool. So, and so you brought that in into this moment. Yes. And that now, what do you, what feels different now in this present moment for you? So I'm, I'm literally vibrating like the cells of my body, the energy field of my body. If you could have the Carillion, you know, who Dr. Joe Dispenza is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, you know, this Carillion photographs where it shows the light field of your body. Mine is just out. It was maybe before we started this, I'm right here. Now it's like beyond me, like the energy field of my body has just upregulated. Cool. So one minute you feel different, drastically different. Your energy's improved. I would guess you're, you're more positive. You're more inspired. That took one minute. I, th I think that's the biggest takeaway. That, that's a huge takeaway is that we have the power to change our lives in one minute. And remembering that the universe doesn't care if we go left or right. It doesn't do positive or negative. Only we do. So you can choose to think about something negative. If we did that technique inversely, if we put our heads down between our legs, right? Well, let's do it. Let's do it. We're here to learn, right? <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in, brother. All right. So now everyone... Again, if you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> All right, so now put your head down between your legs. Okay. And now take a moment to feel how shifting your physiology has changed. My voice, for example. Notice if your energy is shifting. Notice if you're having a tendency to feel more negative. And then now... Now think about a time and, you know, for the listeners at home, be gentle here, you know, Billy Nitin, you can be a little more intense, you're more practice, but think of a time where you failed or think of a time where you felt really down in yourself, where you judged yourself or you hated yourself. And now get that memory into you and now feel it. And then now start to double it. And then notice if you can enhance that feeling and bring it into your cells in this moment. But now double it again, if you're willing to. Okay. And then slowly come up and then take a moment and notice what shifted for you now. I'm obviously crying. <laughs> oh, I haven't noticed. I love that you're crying, brother. I love that you, you're all in. Yeah, man. That's you guys. You guys are bringing it through me. Um, so, Nitin, tell, uh, tell us what shifted for you from the first technique to now this technique. What do you notice? Actually, for me, I, I actually noticed that I calmed down. I think I was, my energy was so hyper before. And especially when we did the previous exercise where we were expanding and looking up, man, I think Billy, similar to what you were describing, it was just like every cell on fire, you know, just like I was barely able to keep myself put together and this doing this, like, you know, slouching a little bit, bowing down, uh, and even though I was thinking about it at a moment in time where I felt like I was a failure and this was, you know, uh, a heartbreak rejection, high school, college days uh, that I was reflect that I was remembering that feeling, but it calmed me down for some reason. Um, it didn't necessarily depress me. It just kind of like, I feel a little more neutral right now. Perfect. Tell us what was going on with you, Nick, because you, you definitely experienced. Yeah, you got to share brother. What was, the, what was yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Nitin knows I'm not, I'm not a crier. I mean, I, I cry, but I'm not a big crier. Uh, I don't, I locked into, you know, I just, when I put my head down and I started leading everyone through, I just, I, I instantly felt my, felt my physiology change into something that felt small, uh, compressed, scared. Um, and then I had a couple thoughts in my mind of, you know, hating myself or not loving myself. And those just kind of took me over for a moment. Um, and then now you can see, 
it's more or less cleared. So this is as seasoned practitioners, we can do this, right? Uh, yeah, I was just really feeling the, the, I'm very sensitive to my body. So I instantly, when I turned downwards, I could feel that, that sadness, that, that the smallness, um, you know, and I could feel you got your guys energy in this moment too. So I wasn't planning for that to happen. That's present moment. But, I, but what I was, I guess exactly what I wanted to, to show happen is in any moment, we can decide to have a positive thought once we have awareness, or we can decide to have a negative thought. And you can see and feel how much those thoughts impact our emotions, our hormones, our thoughts, and then eventually our lives. So in one minute, if the three of us can transform our lives to going in a negative direction or a positive direction, that means that anyone can do that. We don't, we're not special, uh, but look at the power of being in the present moment and choosing to look at life in a positive lens or a negative lens, right? And uh, this is real stuff, you know, and science is catching up and proving it, but we don't need science to prove what we feel and experience. Um, but for anyone listening, this is how real this stuff is. Any moment you can choose to go left or right, it's up to you to decide once you have have the awareness. Um, Billy, how about you? Any, any, any shifts or things coming up differently for you in that moment? Wow. <laughs> I, I almost turned away because it was frightening because mm. this time last year, I was paralyzed in a hospital for 21 days. I got COVID um, last year, my wife's birthday. It was December. Her, she's a New Year's Eve baby. Uh, we were locked down, as I was saying earlier in California. So we flew to Miami. I'll give you the really quick version of it. So we had this great birthday party. Her birthday's New Year's Eve. She turned 50. And we came back and a few days later, we both, and I haven't had a flu or cold in over a decade. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't get sick. I have physical yeah. immunity. I have spiritual immunity. So we came back. We both got COVID. We gave it to our daughter. And my daughter and wife healed up in like a day or so. And me, I was out in this bed for 10 days with 102 fever. And this, whatever it took me over, it, it, I lost 20 pounds. I was a mess. And this biological weapon, whatever you want to call it, was in my body, took me out. And then I healed. I healed. And I was totally quarantined for two, two weeks. I was great. I love to golf. I went golfing. Next morning, I woke up and I was numb head to foot. I couldn't feel anything. And two days after that, I lost the ability to walk and I was paralyzed. Turns out that, um, you know, COVID was not, was not the cause initially, I thought, because I was already healed. So I'm, I'm a slightly claustrophobic, you know, and I had to spend four and a half hours in an MRI tube because they did not know. And I did not open my eyes. Talk about going quantum. I did the nowest meditation a thousand times. I prayed, chanted, sing. I, cause I'm, I was confined. I was in this COVID cocoon, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I likened it to being a monarch butterfly. Like I'm in this rigor mortis stage. I'm going through this cocoon, but I'm focused on my highest self. I was thinking from the end, not about the end. I kept seeing myself three miles above the planet, hovering in immense space because I was so confined in this COVID cocoon. So I took myself, Nick, back to that space where I was totally... Wow claustrophobic i just i tried to double it when i tried to go double the double i the the cortisol just yeah. flooded my body in that just a little bit ago but i did and i kind of pushed away and because i you know i feel like i cured my claustrophobia by trial by fire so then after that i got i had spinal they stopped with spinal tapping after i got out of the mri tube because they didn't know what i had turns out i had this rare syndrome called guillain barre syndrome where your immune system eats all the myelin sheath around your nerves. So all electricity goes out of your body. So I was paralyzed. I was in the hospital for 21 nights, couldn't see my wife and daughter, and I almost died. And it was just a year ago, I walked out of the hospital with the cane, just uh, this, the 16th of February was like the one year anniversary. And I feel like this happened to me for a reason. I made the decision after the second day, because once I was going through this, I was, I was terrified of being paralyzed, that I might die, a loss of ability to swallow. I was losing the ability to breathe. My diaphragm was collapsing because it takes electricity to make you breathe. And I said, this is going to be my spiritual practice. God has given me this experience so I can learn through this spiritual practice. I felt like God said, you think you're this spiritual teacher, this nowist? I'm going to give you your nowist prowess on a platter, and you're going to use what you've learned and what you've taught people now for, for years. You're going to use it on yourself and how to heal yourself. And that's the miracle of this. The doctors were incredible, but there were so many people praying for me that I could feel their prayers. My heart, one day I was paralyzed in this chair and the nurse came in like in a crash cart. My heart was beating 138 beats a minute. It was just like flying like a hummingbird. And they thought I was having a heart attack. 
my heart was, my heart was really hot. People were praying for me. It's such a, I found out later because I was out of it. Thousands of people were praying for me. And I know that's why I've had it. It's a miracle. I've had a total 100%, you know, recovery. I have no hangover situations, no brain fog, lame limb, droopy face, lame hand, like neuropathy, all these things that most people that get the ombre seen them have. But it's a long version of the answer to your question. But I just know living in the present moment, living as a nowist, as a way of life, it heals you, it heals other people. And it's what took me out of fear and into the spiritual practice. So now I feel like I came through that COVID cocoon, this higher enlightened self went up another rung on Rumi's ladder. And now I can just give it away. You know, I love Hafiz, the great Persian poet. He says, just look at the sun. The sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Just imagine what a love like that does. It lights the whole sky. And I feel like that I've been given this gift, this second chance of life. And I just want to shine brighter for people. Well said. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's why I'm careful with this technique because it can, it can bring up shit, you know? And uh, I mean, man, thanks Billy for having the, the courage and the confidence to get uncomfortable and go there and then share it, man. I mean, that was, I could yeah. feel you being emotional too. I think I picked up on some of that. That was really um, hard, brother. It was really hard, but yeah. thank you for that. Wow. I haven't dealt with that for a while. Uh, you know, I had a withdrawal too from Lyrica. They're on this, I was on this nerve pain called Lyrica because the, you know, the neuropathy, nerve pain, all these, they give me this Lyrica and I totally um, went cold turkey because I don't take anything. I I'm, I live, live in, you know, the one pure bit vessel that is me and I feed my body well, I hydrate it, I take care of it. So this foreign chemical, but I had to take it for two months. And then when it ended, I just quit it. But it turns out you cannot cold turkey a narcotic like that. And I had massive withdrawals. And withdrawals for me is I felt like I'm not suicidal. I help people get over suicide and over the problems. I didn't feel suicidal, but I felt like my head was off my body. I could not pray. I couldn't find the God within me. I couldn't go quantum. I couldn't get into my imagination. I felt like I was suffocated and, and I was having this major chemical reaction and withdrawal. And so I actually, when you asked that question, Nick, I started to go back into that feeling that I was feeling and it scared the hell out of me, but I went into it anyway. I just didn't quadruple it. I doubled it. I said, okay, yeah. that's enough. I feel it. Billy, when, when you mentioned when you were in the MRI and you were there and, you know, you've talked a couple of times throughout this conversation about thinking from the end or, um, can you break that down a little bit for listeners? I actually was listening to one of your videos this morning as I was going for, for a walk, as I sometimes do in the morning. And I came across that concept and I thought it was beautiful, but I think it'd be great to actually break it down for whoever's listening to really be able to absorb what you mean by when you say from the end. Okay, I thank you for that, Nitin, because that is such a powerful concept. And it's not mine. I got it from Neville Goddard, who was a brilliant uh, teacher back in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, he died in 1972. Neville Goddard, if you want to kind of go to a different level of spiritual teaching, go check out Neville Goddard's book, The Power of Awareness, Power of Imagination. It's incredible. This is his concept. And I bring it up in my book, The Nowis, and a lot of other teachers have, have used his concept. But this is so real for me because I'm a realtor, property manager. That's how I monetize the Nowis. That's how I you know, bring this mission into this world and pay for all the seminars and, the, and just do everything that I do. I'm a realtor property manager. So when I sell a house, when I got hired to sell a property, I would think from the end instead of about the end. So here's a real tactical thing that I would do. I would walk, and I did this, I have a property right now on the, on the market. So it's not, it hasn't sold for a few months. So every time I go show that property, I stand in the living room and I put my arms, my hands out, my arms out as we're praying, right? Opening up to the source energy. And I close my eyes and I imagine that it's Christmas time. And I use all five of my senses to think from the end in that moment. I smell the Christmas tree. I hear the laughter of children. I hear the Christmas music. I taste the eggnog they're handing me. You know, I sense the smells. I, all five of my senses are engaged and I'm in that end and it's Christmas time. And I'm coming over to the house to give them a Christmas present because they've already closed escrow. This is a family that's buying the house. And I do that before I go to bed at night. And I do it before I wake up in the morning. I'm subconsciously programming my mind, my subconscious mind to get in that semi-somnolent state that's like delta, you know, it's delta brainwaves, theta brainwave frequencies, right before you go to bed where your subconscious mind is very programmable. And then what happens? It works every time. I detach from the timeline, but every time I have not, not closed the house when I've done this, eventually I've sold every property I've done this in. 
And talk about not setting a goal to sell a house. I'm not setting a goal to make it happen by Christmas. No, I'm in the end. It's already done here now. And when you can engage all five of your senses, you just ramp up the law of attraction, the universal law of attraction. You just act like the end. You're, it's done. There's no doing. You're just being done like Lao Tzu teaches us. And when you live that way consistently, you've got to do it before you go to bed or before you wake up because you're in that sub theta brainwave frequency, that very low very low brainwave frequencies. It seems to program your subconscious mind. And you know, 95, 96% of everything we do is with our subconscious mind. But if you can start to manifest from that place, thinking from the end, not about the end, in your relationships, in your finances, in anything you have to, if you want to write a book, if you want to, you know, be a gold medalist, I mean, you have to live in that end and you can't get in the two-ness because I, I read this once too. How could the God of oneness recognize two-ness? The God of one could not recognize two because it would not god would not be one and you are part of that oneness right n-o-w spelled backwards is one when you're in the now you've won you use that powerful present moment awareness along with your imagination to create that abundance in your life that's amazing well, what, I, what i think nathan thanks for setting setting billy up what's so cool about that if, if you guys are all listening so billy and i were talking about the same thing from the from different time frames right I brought us into the past, pull a memory from the past into the present. Billy's talking about going into the future, right? Feeling that, living that, and then bringing that into the present moment. So this is how you can massively trans transform your life. You have access to past, present, and future. Pull And the key, which we both showed you, is pulling either of those into present moment. And from present moment, living as if the end is already complete, right? There is no option but for that to happen. And if you can do that, then you can bring that into your physiology, into your senses, into your thoughts. And this is how you transform your life. And this is real stuff. All three of us are highly successful people. We're not just saying this as it's something we don't know, but you can pull from anywhere. So I love, Billy, that you covered how to bring the future into the, the present as well. It's yes. all full circle, Nick. And the last piece of that is, you know, people will say, oh my gosh, well, I'm trying it. I'm doing, because I do a lot of coaching and I've helped people for years with this concept and it's not working. It's not working. Well, the reason it doesn't work because it's the, to the degree that you believe it, to the degree that you are fully hundred percent in, there's no doubt in your mind. I mean, your imagination is the sharpest knife that you have to cut fear and doubt out of your life. I'm going to say it again because you should write this down. If you got notes on your phone, if you got your piece of paper, your imagination is the sharpest knife to cut fear and doubt out of your life. If it's not happening for you, it's to the degree of what you're living it. How does it become? Does it feel natural to you to do this? Do you feel like you're all in with it? If you're all in with it, it's 100%. The law of attraction is never broken. So if you're feeling like it's not working, I hear this, this crazy guy, the nowest Billy is talking to Nick and Nitin. He says to do this, but it's not working for me. I'm not that kind of person then there you go. You have to let it become natural for you. You have to go all in. There can be no doubt because the law of attraction is never broken. It like is attracted to like, no matter what it is. Yeah, I would believe they are, you, they, can't, you can't contradict it. You can't wish for something and then say, oh, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> those who believe they can and those who believe they cannot are both correct. You're right on, uh, right on. Well, cool. I think that's, pretty good spot for us to to wrap up from i'm gonna need to go take a shower or drink a beer or something after this call because it's you I'm, intense, I'm feeling, dude, I'm man. I, feel the same way. I feel wrung out man yeah I'm feel, i feel like i got punched in the brain actually <laughs> as, so. as as billy correctly uh forecasted we had three logs on fire yeah <laughs> yeah we're just burned out now aren't we yeah there we, we just go burned it out plug back oh, into man. the source Dude, I love you guys, man. This has been incredible. Great. Thank you for the gift of both of you in this moment and this hour. Wow. Time is just gone, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. That was it. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like we I could mean, keep talking was... for another three hours. I, I'm down. For sure. Let's it's do the this beginning again. of a longer conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do this again for sure. Um, you know, Billy, thanks. Is there anything? anything uh, how can people get in touch with you? We'll put some things into the, the episode notes, but what do you got coming up? How can, how can people get in touch with you? Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nitin, so much, man. I'm really grateful for both of you and for this time together. But billymandarino.com is the website. I'm really excited about the Nowest Experience Live coming up May 13th and 14th. And if you go to billymandarino.com 
hit the contact us, send me an email, and I will send you a code for a discounted ticket. It's $222 to go for general admission. It's $777 to go for VIP. We have 200 seats available this year. And if you send me an email, I will send you a code. It will cut your general admission price in half. Great, man. Awesome. Maybe Nitz and I will have to run, go out there for the weekend. Oh yeah. my God, you have a blast, brother. It's on the beach, the Hilton, right on the beach in Santa Barbara, California. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, my band will be playing. We've written uh, eight conscious songs that relate to the Nowist teaching. It's just an experience. It's visceral. <laughs> it's socialized learning. It's spiritual. It's auditorial. It's kinesthetic. It's just, a, like I said, we just change. The person that walks into that room is not the same person that walks out. Amazing. Can't wait to check it out. Thank you for sharing that with us. Namaste, brothers. Thank you. Hi, guys. Namaste. Gracias. Peace. Keep rocking. Thanks for listening in. If you want any more information about our guests today, uh, about any of the sessions or, or offerings that were presented, uh, as well as about myself, Nitin, or Nick here, you can find all the links to our websites and how to get in touch with us through the episode notes. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you heard, share it with friends and family, spread the love, spread the collective consciousness, and help us raise the consciousness as a whole.